Well, here at the beginning of this new year, we're just a couple weeks or so into this new year, I felt God uh, leading me to uh, help us focus on three great lessons from people that are kind of less known in the Bible, three lesser known people. And so in the next uh, three weeks, we're focusing on three lessons from three Old Testament people. Lessons that they learned and lessons that if we learn these same lessons and we apply these lessons, it will greatly help us as we get started in this brand new year. Now, if someone had told me when I was a really young man, and I was there once, I was a young man once. Are you with me this morning? Amen. All right. If somebody had told me when I was a really young man that I was going to get to do some of the things that I've actually gotten to do that I was going to get to go preach in some of the places I've gotten to preach, if someone had told me that I was going to get to start some of the things I've gotten to start, lead in some of the ways I've gotten to lead, and that I was going to guide the use of millions of dollars of minist- for ministry over the past 32 years here in California, I would not have believed them. What? Me? I'm a farm kid from Iowa. What? What are you talking about? Now, certainly I had a a calling from God. I certainly had dreams of things that I wanted to do for God and, and with God as a young man. And I was willing to go and do whatever God wanted me to do, but I had no idea of what God was really gonna call me to do and call me to become. And if God had revealed what he was going to ask me to do and allow me to know all of that up front all at once, Man, I would have not believed him. God has taken us on such a journey and such a ride, and I probably would have run away and hidden from God. Amen? If God revealed all the stuff that he's going to do in our lives all at once, I would have hidden from him or at least tried. Well, as I begin this new series, Great Lessons from the Less Known, there's a guy in the Bible who did the exact same thing. He was made by God to do some great things for God, But he was hiding from God and the things that God was calling him to do. His name is Gideon. You see, Gideon was called by God to live a significant life. A life of doing some remarkable things for God. Some even noteworthy things where people would look on and say, wow, we got to take notes on this. This is phenomenal what God is doing in this guy's life. God was calling him to a significant life, but Gideon was hiding from God's call. But Gideon learned a lesson that changed his life and the lives of others. He learned how to live a significant life. And so from his story this morning, you too can learn how to live a significant life, no matter how great your opposition, no matter how great your challenges might even be today. You can learn to live a significant life. And if you leave here this morning and apply this message to your life, I believe that you too will find yourself doing things and actually living a life that you never dreamed was possible for you. Now, we learn lessons from well-known people in the Old Testament all the time. We talk about Abraham all the time and David all the time. We talk about Moses all the time. But in this series, we're going to learn lessons from three of the less known people in the Old Testament, Gideon today, then Elisha and Hagar. And so we're going to start with Gideon and let's see what we can learn from his life. Because when you look at the life of Gideon 
it shows you how you can change your life from being one of hiding from God to doing great things with God. So the question as we begin is this, how can you start living a significant life? Where do you start? If you want your life this coming year to be more remarkable, more noteworthy, more significant for the Lord Jesus Christ, how do you start that? Yeah, Gideon had a significant life, but he had to learn, and so can you. So here's how you begin. Write this down. First thing you do, from God, get your mission. From God alone, get quiet, get in his presence long enough to get your mission, your life mission from God. That's where you start. But sometimes, especially as young people, we try to make up our own mission. Man, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I want to do. We try to make up our own mission. We try to then maybe take up what our parents maybe think should be our mission. Or we go to college and we follow up on what some professor thinks should be our mission. But if you're going to do the things that God made you specifically to do, you got to get your mission from God alone. Amen? you got to go back to the source, the, the creator who made you, and get your mission from him. And then possibly you and your parents and your teachers may someday get on the same page. But if you're going to live a significant life, you've got to get your mission, first of all, from God you got to know what it is. And you got to know that God made you what he made you and called you to be and do. Look at how this happened in Gideon's life. It begins in Judges chapter 6 with verse 11. The Bible says this. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom. Take a look at that word bottom. It's going to be important in a minute. At the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now Gideon, who was made to live a significant life, was here hiding from his enemies some grain that he had just harvested. But he was also hiding from his enemies who were mighty, and he was hiding from the mission of God Almighty. Down in the bottom of this wine press. But from God, through the angel of the Lord, Gideon got his mission. And his mission was to be a mighty hero. And he was also then, at the same time, by the angel of the Lord, given a promise. He was promised that the Lord was with him as he pursued this mission to become a mighty hero. So write this down. Don't let your circumstances determine your mission. Gideon was afraid, afraid of the Midianites, afraid of what could happen, and he was letting his circumstances determine his mission. Don't let your circumstances deter you from your mission. Here's the background of the story. For seven years, the Midianites had been invading the Israelites. Seven years invading, stealing, stealing their crops, stealing their food. And because the Midianites had more people, because they had more weapons, they had the power to invade and steal the crops of the Israelites before they could ever harvest them and hide them. So the Israelites were now a starving people. They were now a discouraged people. They were afraid people. And so trying to keep some food for him and his family, Gideon 
harvested some of the wheat crop early. He then threw it into the bottom of this wine press to hide it from the Midianites. He then jumped into the hole. He, he jumped into the wine press, and there, hiding in that hole, he began to thresh the berries off the wheat stalks. He began to thresh out the grain so that they could have a little food to eat. Hiding in this hole, he was doing a good thing. He was doing an admirable thing, trying to feed himself and some people. But he wasn't living up to the significant life that God was calling him to, which was to be a leader, a mighty military hero, to deliver his people. Instead, he was hiding in a hole. Everybody say hole. Hiding in a hole. Down there, scared to death. And I think that lots of us do the same thing. God has given us gifts. He's given us skills. He's given us resources to help others, to help lead others. And yet, like Gideon, we ended up just hiding in a hole or hiding in our house or hiding out in our job, just taking care of ourselves. But God has made us people to be more. He has made us to do so much more. Listen, God made you to do something major something significant, something remarkable with your life. And yes, you can stay in the bottom of the wine press. You can keep hiding in your hole, taking care of your stuff. You can let your circumstances and your challenges keep you hiding in the hole and determine your life mission. Or this morning, you can leave this place and make a completely different choice. You can make this choice, write it down. You can let your God determine your mission. You can let God determine your mission. God, through his angels, shows up, speaks to Gideon, and there in the hole, Gideon gets his mission from God. And the bottom line is this. God says, Gideon, your mission is to be a mighty hero. Gideon, that's who I made you to be, and that's what I want you to do. And Gideon's probably thinking, me, God? I'm scared to death. That's why I'm down in this hole. I'm just trying to get something to eat. You talking to me, mighty hero? And he's probably letting all this stuff go through his head. Hero in a hole? But listen now. No matter where you are hiding, no matter how long you've been hiding from God's real mission for your life, like Gideon, God knows where you are. God knows what you can be. God knows when to come and call you to stop hiding and to follow your mission. And he, like he promised Gideon, he will be with you as you follow your mission. Now, God did the same thing with Abraham. God showed up to Abraham one day and said, you're going to be the father of many nations. And Abraham said, what? I'm 90 years old. What? But God was with him as he followed God's missions for his life. Jesus did the same thing with Peter. He said, Peter, you're, you're the rock. On you, I'm going to build my church. And God was with Peter as he followed his, God's mission for his life. God did the same thing with me years ago. He said, Larry, I want you to plant church. I want you to plant a church. Be a church planner. And God not only meant for me to plant and start Canyon Hills, but then to lead us as a family to plant churches. And to this date, we've planted five beyond ourselves. And God has been with me and he's been with us as we've followed that mission for our lives. 
The promise is this, and the bottom line is this. When you let God determine your mission for your life, you are changed forever. And you're changed for the better. And your life becomes significant because you begin to impact others beyond you and your household and your food needs and all of that. But sometimes we just stay hiding in the hole of our house, taking care of our household stuff. And we're hiding that hole. And God wants us to get up and out of the hole and follow the thing that he's created us to do. To live a significant life from God. Get your mission. And then next, with God, get started on your mission. You know, once you know what it is, do what it takes to get started. Get going. It might mean you need to get some training. It might mean that it's going to take some more of your time. But get started. God has spoken his mission into the hearts, folks, of so many people. And he's given gifts needed to carry out his mission to so many people. And yet so many never get up and go. Never get up and go for it. Instead, they, they look at the past and I, 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 I just can't do this. I, I don't have the training or the skills and never been good at this or that. They look at their present circumstances and challenges and they begin to complain about what they lack to go fulfill the mission. And then so many never get up and get started. And that's exactly what Gideon started to do. Take a look at this. Gideon says, sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. So in the midst of Gideon's whining and complaining about the past and not seeing any more miracles happen and complaining about his present challenges, God simply says to him, go. Just go. Go be the mighty hero that I made you to be. Go rescue your people. I am sending you. This is your mission. So when you get your mission from God, you just go. You get started. Write this down. Don't wait for more strength to come. Just go. Lots of people say, when I feel like I'm ready, then I'll go do what God made me to do. Or when I, when I feel like my personal present challenges are less, then I'll go. Or when God gives me more strength, then I'll go do what God made me to do. No, you don't wait for more strength to come. Instead, write this down. Get started with the strength you have. Get started with the strength you already have. Because here's the deal. When God calls you, when God promises to be with you, he will also strengthen you for the mission that he's called you to. That's just the way God works. So I want to encourage you as you begin this new year to step out in faith this year with whatever strength you already have to carry out whatever mission God puts on your heart. And as he does, you will get to experiencing God being with you and God working in you and God working through you in ways that you never dreamed were possible for you. You will start living a more significant life life. 
One uh, famous pastor, Pastor Ray Steadman, once said this. Many people never discover what God could do in their lives because they keep waiting to feel powerful before they act. No, you won't feel powerful. Begin to reach out and act to meet the needs that are around you, and suddenly you discover there's an unusual power at work in you. And that's the power of God's Holy Spirit. So when God gives you a mission, get started with the strength you do have. Don't wait for more strength to come. To live a significant life, first from God, get your mission. And then with God, get started on your mission. And then, write this down, and then watch God provide for your mission. Watch Him provide. The truth is this, whatever your mission is, it's always going to be bigger than you. It's always going to be bigger than you. It's always going to call for more time than you have to give, more energy than you have to give, for, for more money than you have to give. It's always going to call for more knowledge than you have to bring into the situation. It's going to call for more experience than you have to bring to it. So write this down. So don't rely on your resources. Now, you might be able to bring some knowledge and time and energy and money into whatever mission God calls you to pursue, but don't rely solely on your resources. Instead, ask God to provide for the mission He's called you to. Trust God to provide for the mission He's called you to. Watch God provide for that mission. You see, God wants a partnership with you. He wants to live life and have a partnership with you. He wants to use you, but he also wants to show himself to you. And as you have a mission that's bigger than you, and you have a lack that you cannot meet, but you ask God and you trust God to provide, and you see him show up and provide, he's revealing himself to you. And you get to experience your personal God working in and with you. I like to say it this way. So here's a Pastor Larry quote, if you want a Pastor Larry quote for the brand new year, okay? I like to say it this way. You give God your best, and whatever you lack, he makes up the rest. Amen? You just step out in the strength you have, and you go about that mission that God's calling you to, and he makes up the rest. Now, Gideon lacks something. Get this. He was about to attack an army of 135,000 Midianites with an Israelite army of 32,000 men. That's a lack of 103,000 men. Gideon was short 103,000 men. And that's important when you're doing hand-to-hand -hand combat. Amen? So Gideon had a huge lack. And yet the Lord said this to Gideon. Look at this. Gideon, you've got too many warriors with you. You've got too many. And if I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. So God then created an even bigger lack. God reduced the Israelite army from 32,000 to 300. God said, send home every warrior that's afraid. And guess what happened? 22 of the 32,000 left. 22,000 went home, scared, trembling. So now Gideon has 10,000 warriors left. Then God says, take them down to the river. 
And every warrior that lays down on his belly to drink, instead of kneeling and cupping the water and <laughs> lapping it like a dog, go, go read Judges 6. It actually says that, 6 and 7. So every warrior that lays on his belly to take a drink, instead of cupping water in his hands and lapping it like a dog, send them home. 9,700 men laid on their belly to drink. So 9,700 more of the 10,000 went home. So now Gideon's left with only 300 warriors. And at this point, Gideon must have been saying, God, I already had this huge lack. I was already way short on resources. And I know you want to prove that it's by your hand that we are delivered but God, couldn't you have had a spear-throwing contest or something or a bow-shooting? What's this drinking contest? Can you just imagine Gideon? So now Gideon is going to attack an army of 135,000 Midianites with 300 Israelites. How's it going to work? How can Gideon possibly accomplish God's mission and be the mighty hero that God has called him to be? Well, look at these scriptures. Here we go. Hang on. We're going to go fast. He, Gideon, divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch inside the clay jar. Then he said to them, keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too, all around the entire camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Suddenly they blew the ram's horns, broke their clay jars, then all three groups blew their horns, broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man then stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. What? How in the world did that strategy work? All you can say is God provided for his mission. Now the question is, has God ever provided like that for anyone else's mission in the Bible? And the answer is yes, over and over again. The Bible says David defeated the Philistine with only a sling and a stone. So we have this little shepherd boy who killed a trained giant warrior named Goliath with one single stone. New Testament talks all about how the 5,000 people were hungry, and the disciples said, Jesus, we've got some people out here with some loaves and some bread. And Jesus ended up feeding 5,000 men with five loaves of bread and two fish. God provides for those he gives a mission. Here's a modern-day example, and many of you will remember this. Fifteen years ago, God gave me a mission, and it was to purchase this property as a permanent place for this church family to stand in this community. We only had 250 people in our church at that time. We only had raised $200,000 in the bank. The cost of this land, the land alone, was $1.9 million. The estimated cost to build this facility was $4.6 million dollars. You put the land with the 4.6, and you have a total of $6.5 million. I had a mission, but I had a lack. Amen? I had a mission, but I had this huge lack that God provided. Can we just praise God for that? And he's still providing. Amen. 
So the Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and I will give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. When it comes to your mission, folks, don't rely on your resources. Rely on God's. Write this down. Rely on God to provide. Trust God to provide for the mission he created you to accomplish. He made you to do it. He'll provide for you as you do it. The odds may be overwhelming. The odds against you may be overwhelming, but our God is used to overcoming. Amen? Amen. The grave, everything else, our God is used to overcoming overwhelming odds. So rely on God to provide. So if God is calling you uh, to teach children or to teach youth or, or to just use your gift of encouragement to come along someone, side someone who needs encouragement, if he's calling you to mentor somebody or, or lead a Bible study with somebody or whatever God's calling you to do, if he's calling you to just begin to be a witness in your, your job site, on your job place, in your office place, whatever God's calling you to do, get involved with, with the poor or the hungry. Whatever God is calling you to do, rely on him to provide what you need. Need strength? Rely on God. Need words? Moses said, God, I can't speak. I just stutter. And God provided him for him. Need courage to do what God's calling you to do? Rely on God. Need mental alertness? Need time? Need money? Rely on your God to provide. The mission he's called you to, he will provide as you go do it. Now, I truly believe that God has a mission for every one of you. I believe that you want to do great things with God and for God. I truly believe as you begin this new year that you do want to live a more significant life, a more remarkable life. But sometimes we respond to God's mission just like Gideon did. When God found him hiding in that hole in the bottom of a wine press, like Gideon, we say this, but Lord, <laughs> but, but Lord, how can I rescue Israel? How can I do this, God, that you're calling me to do? Little old me. I, God, I don't have the words or the strength or the wisdom or the, the knowledge. God, how can I do this? How can I help rescue people? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe. God, my family's not some significant. How, what difference can we make? I am the least in my entire family. God, I'm short. <laughs> what can I do? And the Lord said to him, I will be with you. Listen close. How can you do what God is asking you to do? When you have God with you, listen, there is no mission too big for you. Amen? Amen. There is no mission too big for you. When you have your God with you, the God of angel armies is right there by your side. Amen? There's no mission too big. So this year to live a significant life from God, get your mission. And then with God, get started on your mission. And then watch God provide for your mission. You can live a significant life 2017, look out. The people of God at Canyon are coming. Amen? Amen? Let's go. Would you bow with me in prayer?
As I pray this, would you consider praying this and making this commitment to God in your heart? Father God, I want to move past just existing. I want to move on to really living. I want to live a significant life. So from you, I will get my mission. With you, I will get started on it. And I will watch you provide for it. Fathers, we step into this new year. We don't want the same old, same old, same old stuff. Lord, we want a fresh start with you. We want to do more significant things for you individually and together. So, Father, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you just allow the anointing of your Holy Spirit to fall on us in such a way that we begin to live the significant life that you've called us to live. I pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said,